You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Kentucky podcast. We bring you info and insights on UK football and basketball every weekday. Stay informed by making us part of your morning or afternoon commute. Listen and follow for free on Apple or Google Podcasts. Simply subscribe to Locked On Kentucky. I'm Dan Reefer with Fox 56 along with Kyle Tucker of The Athletic. And today we're talking about... Uh, let's see. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. Governor's cup. We'll talk about that. <laughs> we'll start off with Lynn Bowden. Then we'll get into the UK defense. And then, uh, this whole L's down thing. We'll definitely address that as well in the last segment, but Lynn Bowden, uh, absolutely solidified himself as a Kentucky legend. Like this, this will go down in history as, as one of those UK U of L games. People, when they do their list and they rank every week of the, the governor's cup week comes up and they go, uh, where does the Lynn Bowden game rank? Well, it's it's going to be one of those that's talked about now. I guess it would be this one and, what, Tim Couch opening Papa John Stadium with, like, 500 yards passing. That was, was that, a pretty big one, yes. Uh, yes, uh, indeed. Right? And was that, was that right about that? That was before my time. but Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and opening. This, they opened Papa John's Cardinal Stadium, and Tim Couch lit them up. And then them. Stevie got loose. Yes. Yeah, those would probably be the three, right, like in the in, in the modern – Football rivalry, that would be. Yeah, I think so. You got those, and uh, Jared Lorenzen torched him one game. Oh, yeah. But, um, yeah, and then there was one game where they sacked Dave Ragone. Like, there, was, there was all this Heisman talk, because when you know when was the first game of the season, there right. was Heisman hype about Dave Ragone. They were starting a Heisman campaign of Louisville quarterback Dave Ragone, and they destroyed him. He looked awful. I mean, yeah. They just – but I think – I, I, yeah, it's it's this game with Lynn Bowden and the two that you mentioned, the 2007 game where they beat a top-10 ranked Louisville team. Kentucky was unranked. Steven Johnson scores it at the end, like a almost like a walk-off win. And then Tim Couch just – they open their new stadium, and it's all this, and Couch just goes in there and puts on his Heisman campaign. So, yeah. Uh, I think this jumps in the top three now, yeah. Yeah, 22 carries – 284 yards, the most, by the way, rushing yards in history by an SEC quarterback. Yeah. Uh, Four touchdowns, four runs of 30-plus yards. Um, I think he had like a 32-yard touchdown, a 40-yard touchdown, a 60-yard touchdown, and another 40-some-yard run. Mm -hmm. Um, Kentucky uh, passed the ball two times. Ran the ball 40 times, gained 517 yards on the ground for the second straight week, broke the school record, six rushing touchdowns. All these are most, the Bowden number, the Kentucky rushing total, the Kentucky six touchdown runs, uh, all most ever in the rivalry, obviously. And uh, and then 12.9 yards a carry, I believe, was the most ever by an SEC team against an FBS opponent. Um, uh, um, any Yeah, anyone. The twelve point okay. nine yards per rushing is the it is the new Southeastern Conference record. Period. Wow, yeah, it's uh, it was forty five. By the way, mentioning the final score, forty five to thirteen. Uh, I think a lot of people picked Kentucky, but I, I don't think anybody picked them to win by thirty eight. Um, it was it was a, a really emphatic statement, um, and and particularly for Lynn, like I, I think Lynn was going to be. 
he was on the on the the cusp of being kind of le- considered a legend anyway. But now there now there is no doubt. Uh, I looked at I've been uh, crunching crazy numbers on him all day. I followed him around the field yesterday because I, I it felt like it was going to be kind of a long goodbye, and he made a victory lap around the field and. Mm-hmm. I wrote a story just about kind of what he's meant. Essentially, Kentucky saved Lynn Bowden from Youngstown, Ohio, and kind of a dangerous life he was heading towards. And then he has turned around and returned the favor and saved Kentucky this season. In the seven games that he since he moved from wide receiver to quarterback, I sent you this earlier, and you were like, whoa. <laughs> uh, he has rushed for 1,136 yards. He's over 1,200, almost 1,300 uh, for the season overall, but in just these seven games, 1,136 yards. I looked up the, the nation's four leading rushers right now, Chubba Hubbard at Oklahoma State, Jonathan Taylor, who's a Heisman candidate at Wisconsin, A.J. Dillon, a star at Boston College, and J.K. Dobbins, who's probably the best player on Ohio State's team other than Justin Fields. Uh, those are the, the nation's four leading rushers this season, and Lynn Bowden, over his last seven games versus their last seven games, he's outrushed all of them. It's crazy. I mean, that is that is crazy. That is crazy. And then you know, I also in terms of FBS players with at least a hundred carries, the yards per carry nationally leaders are Travis Etienne. I think that's how you say his name at Clemson. Etienne. Yep. He's a superstar. Eight point two five. And then number two, Lynn Bowden. Eight point eight point one eight yards per carry for the season. Yeah, I saw that today. Um, you know, you can, just, you can go on and on. I mean, the the, num- the numbers for Limbo and what he's done since he moved to quarterback are kind of astronomical. Yeah, I mean, just seven games, he's the second leading rusher in the SEC. Yeah. Seven games, he is he's moved up to the second leading rusher in the SEC as far as, you know, total yards rushing. And then, uh, I mean, Kentucky as a team just finishes this season as the SEC's uh, leading rushing team. The best rushing offense in the Southeastern Conference is Kentucky, which, <laughs> I mean, you think back, they had Benny Snell, they had Boom Williams, they were still trying to be, you know, balanced and all that. This is, a, for one, a dominant offensive line that's been very physical and, and been, been, you know, moving people around. Uh, additionally, it's been Eddie Grand devising different ways uh, to, to, to get the defense off balance. Uh, and then... It's Lynn Bowden. It's just sheer Lynn Bowden. Who else yeah. would be able to do this right here? Just the way – and his 60-yard touchdown run, it was it was the one. It yeah. was the one that you look at and go, that's Lynn Bowden right there. Yeah, and that's – yeah, I mean, it's, it goes way beyond the numbers. That On that play, six different Louisville defenders got at least a hand on him. He, he broke a tackle at the line of scrimmage. Uh, he, bro- he bounced it outside down the sideline. Cut it back across. He dropped a guy to his knees with a move, and then split two defenders to get in the end zone. It was very Michael Vick or even Lamar Jackson esque. Uh, and and Mark Stoops was kind of careful in how he evoked that name. He said, you know, he's the one of the best, maybe the best I've ever competed against Lamar Jackson. But in terms of competitive nature, you know, he's Lynn is in that category, at least in that area. Um, he he's been spectacular. And one of the things I asked Stoops was like, look. You know, you guys had 42 plays and you ran it 40 times. How many guys on the planet, if they're the guy running the offense when you run 40 out of 42 times, so obviously everybody knows that every play is a run, could still produce 284 yards. And he said that, you know, that's a fair point. Like, Eddie's done a great job, but at some point, 
like it's just between Lynn Bowden and God. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? That was a great uh, answer. And yeah. you know, that's it has been incredible. Um and then, you know, when you talk about Kentucky ended up, you know, remaking its offense midseason and leading the SEC in rushing. That that's across the board. That's any way you want to look at it. They led the league the, the league in total rushing yards, three thousand two hundred and ninety three, which is a school record. They led the league in yards per carry, six point almost six point four yards per carry. They led the league uh in yards per carry by almost a yard per mm. carry. Yeah. They led the league in touch rushing rushing touchdowns uh by three. And they led the league in, in rushing yards per game. So any any way you want to do the math on it, they were the best running team uh in the SEC. And then, you know, just just for a moment to diverge from Lynn Bowden, I, the crazy thing is Here's here are Kentucky's uh, leading rushers this season: Lynn twelve thirty five, Rose seven fifty seven, Smoke six oh nine, Rodriguez five fifteen. They had four guys with at least five hundred yards rushing, and all of them had at least five touchdowns. Uh, Rodriguez had another hundred yard game. Smoke had a huge run that bizarrely he ran out of gas. It was like a sixty yard run that he ran out of gas yeah. at the end. Mm-hmm. But that's the other thing: you're going to lose Lynn Bowden almost certainly. But you've got some really, really, really good young running backs, and if you get Terry Wilson back, even at ninety percent of what he was, uh, you've got to be sort of starting to dream big about what that offense could look like next year. Yeah, we'll talk a little bit about that when we return here. We'll also talk about Scott Satterfield and the L's down thing at the end, and the UK defense has been remarkable as well. We'll do all that when we return here on the Locked On Kentucky podcast. First, let me tell you about Audible. It has the world, Audible has the world's largest selection of audiobooks and audio entertainment. Start listening with a 30-day Audible trial. Choose one audiobook or, and two Audible originals absolutely free. Visit audible.com slash LockedOnNBA. If you're listening on the go you can and you can't visit Audible right now, you can find this and all other offers from Locked On sponsors at LockedOnPodcast.com forward slash offers. <laughs> Are locked on Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. All right, we were talking about Lynn Bowden and Kentucky's big 45-13 win in the Governor's Cup and all the records that they set and all the things Lynn Bowden did. And one of the, the comments that I thought, you know, Mark Stoops, uh, when he com- he started to compare uh, Lynn Bowden to Lamar Jackson and he wanted to make sure you guys understand, you know, if you're going to do this, quote the whole thing. Don't, don't just take it out of context here and have, Stoops says Lynn Bowden's like M- Lamar Jackson. And he said... It's his competitiveness, and he brought up when Kentucky beat Louisville and Lamar Jackson fumbled, and Kentucky made the the kick to win the game. He said, you knew when Lamar Jackson came back that second year. He came in here and he said, it's it's happening. I'm taking over. I've got this. I'm doing it. And he said, and that was Lynn, that Lynn basically came up and said, put this team on my back. And, you know, all the coaches that you talk to and all the players that you talk to, say he absolutely galvanized the team that once he took over he became the ultimate leader and everybody just jumped in and followed Lynn and then Stoop said in this business if you're going to be an alpha dog you be an alpha dog and that's what Lynn has done he's been that alpha dog to do it every week to carry the team every week and go out there and do what he's done and prove it to everyone uh that's the kind of ultimate competitor he is, and that's what I'm talking about when I say Lamar Jackson. That's the kind of competitor he is. Because there aren't, like, 
I understand Benny Snell. Like, we watched his greatness, and no doubt he uh, – I mean, he's the all-time leading rusher. He's And he had something about him that I think drew people to him. Uh, Josh Allen, he's more quiet type. Um, you know, he, he was more his example. Show, he's showing you what he can do. Lynn Bowden is a different kind of deal. It's just a, on another level of of alpha dog. It's just we've just witnessed something that I don't know when if we'll ever see it again. Yeah, he you know he wanted the job. He didn't want to relinquish the job. He didn't want it to be a gimmick. You know he didn't want to be a stopgap. Like okay, now uh, Sawyer Smith is healthy. I'll go back to wide receiver. Once he got a taste of it. First of all, he asked for the gig, and and second of all, once he got a taste of it, he just said, like, I want this to be my team. And I thought another cool thing, uh, Vince Merrill told me, uh, told several of us after the game, um, that he, because I was trying to kind of carefully get out of Vince whether there was some some discussion with Lynn before the game about enjoying this and also leaving everything out there. Because because you you know whether you're ready to say it or not you knew there was at least a strong possibility this is your last home game um, because it was really clear like Lynn dropped to his knees at half, at midfield after the game yeah. and, and buried his face in his hands and he said he was just kind of thinking all think of thinking of all he's been through here and how much he loves the place he called Kentucky his forever home which I thought was uh, it was really interesting because that's the language of uh, adopted children. Uh, mm-hmm. people, you right. talk, they talk about that a lot in adoption, uh, right. you know, find, find their forever home. Um, uh, you know, and Lynn's mother is here. She moved to Lexington to help him raise his son. Um, he's got a family, but he's never really had a father in his life and, and Stoops and, um, and Marrow have been that for him. So I, I thought that language was interesting, but along those lines, after watching all that, I wanted to talk, ask Vince, like, did you have a, did you talk to him and say, like, Soak it all in for one and make sure you you kind of play your guts out because this could be it. And he said he wouldn't kind of really cop to that, although it was almost with a nod and a wink. But he did say that before the game, Lynn, Lynn gathered up the team, specifically the offensive line, but he gave the, the speech to the whole team. And it was so passionate, Mark Stoops tried to come in to give his speech. Yeah. And, and Vince said, hold on, coach, let him go. And by the time it was over, Vince said he could have at least blocked a couple plays for Lynn. <laughs> he was so fired up. Yeah. Um, and uh, and so I, I thought, you know, I thought that was interesting. And Lynn, Lynn said, I, you know, when he was asked about it, he said, I wanted to thank them for allowing me to lead them. Yeah. Uh, which I just, I don't know. I, I Everything about the way he talks and obviously the way he plays, um, you get it. Like you understand. It's one of the reasons – just a couple games into it, when uh, Kyle Mann was still ho- hosting the podcast with me, we both kind of said, like, you got to ride this thing because it's clear that the team wants to play for Lynn Bowden. Yeah. You know, it, it was obvious immediately that they like him, I would say love him, and they also just kind of believe, like, when he's out there, there's a chance something magical might happen, like, even if they've played horribly the whole game. Um, and that, there just aren't a lot of guys like that. It's one of – it's – some of that is in, his numbers are going to speak for themselves, but I think just sort of the feeling that Lynn Bowden has given people is is that's what gets you remembered forever, if that makes sense. Yeah, and his toughness too. I mean, that's something that guys respect so much. I asked Vince Mero about this, like I don't know, three or four games into it, uh, about how much it matters that Lynn Bowden takes shots and hurts his ankle, 
and gets back up and is right back at like a cool hand Luke, you know, just keeps yeah. coming back for more. And he said, it, it is, it's definitely infectious. It says a lot to the rest of the team that everybody respects that. And they're going to, they see that and they think to themselves, well, if he can do it, I can do it. That kind of thing. Um, but I, everything about that game and the end of that game and everything after and what he said told me that he knew even before the game had started that this was also his senior day, that this was it for him. Uh, he knows, you know, Vince Merrill's been talking to the NFL. They know. Internally, they know. And so he he went out <laughs> he went out in, in, in as grand fashion as you possibly could. Yeah. Yeah, and, and yeah, he, I mean, I thought he broke his ankle in that game Saturday, and then he had, what, at least two more huge runs, two more long touchdown runs. Uh, he's had a couple of those this season. He carried the ball 151 times. He, 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 he only had 13 carries through the first five games of the season, and he still finished 10th in the SEC in total rushing attempts. Um, so he, yeah, he took a beating. He's not a big guy. I, although I did think it was interesting that he said at one point because about how they were basically stap, stacking the box and it was, you know, Kentucky was would get a hat on a hat except for one guy. It was always he had to beat one guy because of the way Louisville was defending him, and a lot of teams did that, and he often beat that one guy. It's why when some people go, oh, he just ran through wide open holes, there was no defense. Well, that's not totally true. He usually made the one guy miss. Uh, but he said, you know, I feel like people think I'm weak or something. Cause I'm, <laughs> right. He's like, they think they're just going to tackle me one-on-one. That That's not going to happen. Uh, I thought that was pretty pretty cool, too. I think, you know, after last year with Benny Snell and Josh Allen knowing ahead of the bowl game that they were going to the NFL and then saying, yeah, I'm going to play anyway, I think that happens with, with Lynn. Um, I, I don't think anybody could possibly blame him if he didn't, but he, he knows – um, what it means. I, picture, picture Lynn Bowden standing on the sidelines in blue jeans and a UK yeah. shirt watching the game. Well, that's not happening. That's no, just not happening. No, I, I didn't even, honestly, you saying that was the first time it had even crossed my mind because he said yesterday about coming back in and playing for a long time after he hurt his ankle. He said, I'd have to be dead not to be out there. So he does, he definitely doesn't strike me as the, I need to sit it out uh, type. I think he wants to keep putting on a show. I mean, you know, Vince said, he he's at least like had the thought in his head like what if I came back next year and got to be quarterback for an entire season, um, so I, <laughs> you know I think but he but Vince said you know you're you're friends with Terry Wilson you shouldn't do that to him right uh, right and he said I wouldn't he said this is Terry's team next year so I mean I think we kind of I think we kind of know uh, what's up and but, then uh, Tim Sullivan asked Mark Stoops if uh, he was ever going back to the forward pass or so you know is this sustainable is this change and Stoops was like. Uh, well, we definitely learned some stuff, but uh, yes, Tim, we are going to uh, revisit the forward pass. Yeah, we, yeah, we would. Balanced. We'd, we would like. I think he said we would like to return to the forward pass. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Um, yeah. Well, we haven't we haven't talked about the defense yet, and it's already time for another break. So we'll we'll move on from Bowden and UK's amazing rushing numbers, and talk about the defense because there's they've done some amazing things as well. And of course, Scott Satterfield. What, what was he doing at the end of the game? We'll talk about that when the Locked On Kentucky podcast returns. This is Locked On Kentucky, your team every day. Okay, so the Kentucky defense made it through an entire season without allowing anyone to score more than 29 points, holding every opponent under 30 points all season long. Uh, that number in and of itself 
is ridiculous. Uh, three straight opponents held scoreless in the second half uh, these last three games. And then we, we talked about how Louisville was you know tied for first with the number of plays of 40-plus yards, 40 or more yards, and Kentucky held them to one. They had a 56-yard you know, touchdown right there before halftime. That's where you thought, thought, by the way, that this game may turn. And another thing on Lynn Bowden is both Stoops and Bowden said after that that Bowden came in and told him at halftime, look, don't worry about it. I got you. I got you. Yeah. I got this. Yeah, that was – I thought that was interesting too. I mean, there's so many things we could say about Lynn, just Lynn. We whole, do a whole show about Lynn. We basically have. But uh, that was – that 60-yard, like, definitive – defining touchdown for Lynn Bowden. That was the second play of the second half. I mean, talk about backing up what you say. Uh, Kentucky gets, you know, goes aggressive, totally in control up 17 to six. Uh, They go for it on fourth down at the 43. They don't get it. Louisville scores, boom, right before half. And that very much felt like, oh boy, we've seen this movie before for Kentucky. And Lynn goes in and says, I got you. And it takes him literally two plays into the second half and he he delivers not just delivers but delivers the best play of his career um yeah that that yeah. was impressive but yeah i mean none of none of what lynn Bowden's doing matters if the defense doesn't do what it's done and it's it has it, you know in in addition to those stats you mentioned already uh they went the last 7 games and that's that's every game lynn was at quarterback uh allowing 21 points or fewer Uh, and in the last five games, it's seven points, 17 points, 14 points, seven points, and 13 points. They were basically the best scoring defense in the country by the, uh, for the final five games of the season. They ended up ranked number two in the country in, in fewest passing touchdowns allowed behind only Clemson. They only gave up seven. They're finished number four in passing defense and number 13 nationally in scoring defense. And remember they lost their all time leading sack. Uh, all-time sacks leader, best defensive player in school history, Josh Allen, and the entire secondary, plus a couple, like six guys out of last year's se- – the top six guys, I think, out of last year's secondary, for one reason or another, were gone. Um, and they did that. I, Brad White and Stoops certainly get a ton of credit in my book for that. Well, not only that, you talk about losing Josh Allen. Well, I mean, Kentucky in the SEC – they finished with 32 sacks this season. That ranks third. Third in the Southeastern Conference in sacks one year after you lose a guy who who broke broke the school record and, and led the SEC in yeah. sacks. Yeah, and, you know, by the end, Calvin Taylor, he lost his lead, uh, his sacks lead in the league, but he's got seven and a half. He's third, second in the league. And then Boogie Watson jumped up in there with a couple sacks. He also forced a fumble in that game the other day. Ended up with six and a half, and I would think there's uh, the likelihood that he'd be back next season with a chance. To me, his career has tracked a little bit like Josh Allen's. You know, I mean, Josh Allen got a little better, a little better, a little more productive, and then senior year, he was a monster. Um, you know, Josh Allen, let's see, his junior, yeah, his junior year, he had seven sacks. Right. Yeah. But, uh, you know, as a senior, he had 17. Uh, and so to me, Boogie Watson, they, they hoped he would be the guy to step in. He's kind of tracked, I think, to be that guy. And for the last regular season game, for him to just be totally dominant, I think has got to be really encouraging for them. And that that's the thing, too. They're not going to have what happened last year. They're not going to have a mass exodus on defense. They're going to no. basically bring all these guys back. 
they're going to lose Cash Daniel, which I do not think is a huge loss. He was, again, exposed in a number of ways Saturday to the point that they couldn't really play him a lot. Um, other than that, I mean, and they're going to get back uh, uh, Robinson, who was injured in the preseason in the secondary. Um, you know, they're going to lose Calvin Taylor. That's a loss, but they've got some, you know, other really promising young defensive linemen. I, There's a deep, possibility Phil Hoskins gets a sixth year, which would be, you know, huge for them if they could get him in there. Yeah, I would think he probably would get it, you know, and then they're they're bringing in a five-star defensive tackle who's a massive you know, massive human being. Um, I mean, some of the stuff that you see, I mean, Josh Paschal will be back. Uh, he's, he's got, he, he and Boogie Watson have each have nine and a half tackles for loss this year, and they should both be, be back. I mean, that's a, a huge, two hugely uh, productive guys. Marquand McCall is just a sophomore, and he, he just destroys people. <laughs> yeah, they brought uh, him along, and so he and Bohanna. Will be right there, you know, where where Bohanna goes out, McCall comes in. Yeah, so, I mean, you lose yeah, that. Yeah, maybe, nothing. maybe. I don't know. Does Bohanna? That's a guy. Like, if we're saying like who possible. goes to the NFL, yeah, does possible. Bohanna go? He's a, at a yeah. position of great value uh, in yeah. the NFL. That's but true. you know, the the massive six four three sixty one nose guard. Um, but if he comes, I mean, I would say he's the one question mark I have. If he comes back, then. Kentucky's defense is going to be terrific next season. Uh, yeah, they, and the offense, in theory, would be quite a bit better, too, because they'd have an actual quarterback and maybe still have a lot of the run threat that you have with Bowden if it's Terry Wilson. Um, and then some actual ability to throw the ball down the field. Yeah, I mean, what it says to me uh, about, you know, we talked about Bowden's greatness, obviously, but you still, I mean, without that offensive line, that doesn't happen. Because uh, you look at what Chris Rodriguez has done and Cavassier Smoke and A.J. Rose as well, and then you look at everything they lost on the defense and what it's been able to do this season, and you get to 7-5, and five, and you've got, you know, you rank up there among the best in the SEC and among the best in in the nation in some defensive categories and some rushing categories. That, that's how you win in the SEC traditionally, is you play good defense and you run the ball well. That's what Mark Stoops has built here. That's what, you know, Kentucky was told it could never do. You're never going to be able to do what Georgia and Alabama and LSU and those guys do. And we've seen, obviously, that LSU has changed and Alabama has changed its offense. But that's what Mark Stoops has built is a team that can run the ball and play defense. And you don't get to 7-5 and five a year after you had 10 wins at Kentucky without having built something well, with players that that you have depth, that you have talent, and you just keep bringing it in. And, and there's more to it than just that. I think the system that they use, some of the things that they use about uh, mental capacity and some of the leadership training that they do and all those little other things, I think, help as well. Uh, and I, I, I am just amazed at the job they've been able to do uh, defensively and running the ball this season after, after, what, after everything they had last season that's gone. Yeah, I mean, when you think about one yard away from eight and four, and another five hundred record in the SEC, I mean, right. that would have been what, like three or four years in a row, uh, finishing five hundred or better in the SEC, which just never happens for Kentucky. Well, 
Well, this uh, senior class had 31 wins, which ties the 1953 team. The 1953 senior the class. Bear Bryant, yeah. Yeah, yeah Mark, that's the, Basically, Mark Stoops and Bear Bryant are now the authors of the best four-year runs in exactly. program history. Exactly. Yeah. That, they're one, too. That, those are your... Uh, those are your guys. And, and and speaking of Bear Bryant, you know, I actually asked what you were just talking about. I asked Stoops. I said, this is what everybody, because he had mentioned, like, I when he was talking about we want to get back to the forward pass. I know we need to. I know I'm in Kentucky. I know what people expect here, the air raid and all that. And so I followed up and I said, you know, you're talking about that. But a lot of that was based on the fact that there was a long-held belief here that you couldn't, you had to have a gimmick that you you had to do something nobody else in the league was doing because you Kentucky would never just be able to you know have enough talent to line up and and run the football uh and play traditional football smash mouth football and win uh and he said you know uh you know uh, there was another coach here in what 49 <laughs> to 53 that really liked to play yeah. that way I'm not saying I don't want to I don't want to compare myself I'm just saying yeah. um but you know that is the only way anybody has any prolonged success in the league is in this league is certainly not gimmicks. Uh, and for as much as people love to watch the air raid, it wasn't a hugely successful thing at Kentucky uh, in the, in the ultimate results. No. Um, the only way anybody sustains one loss success in the sec is to, is to play sound, football and win the line of scrimmage on both sides and it's hard to do because it's hard you're you've got to develop i mean you've got to if you're if you're not alabama or lsu you've got to develop more than you've got to recruit you got to do both but i think that's one thing that probably stoops who has his own flaws and i thought the way he handled that at the end of the half was probably a mistake but he has some game day things but one of the things he probably and his staff probably don't get enough credit for is finding these guys that Alabama isn't looking for. They've they've gotten more high profile kids too, but they're finding guys that a lot of, a lot of people don't want. Cal, the Calvin Taylors and the Josh Allens of the world, uh, and developing them into something. Um, and so they've done something not only just results wise, but the way they've done it: line up, run the run the football, play defense, uh, win the offensive and defensive lines, be dominant against good opponents uh, up front. That's unheard of around here since the Bear Bryant days. Well, we'll close the book with this. Scott Satterfield and, and Mark Stoops meet there at midfield, and, and Satterfield clearly is uh, upset about L's down, uh, you know, whether it's players showing it in his face or whatever. Uh, it didn't last very long. It was, it was on to the, the handshake and moving on. But when Stoops was asked about it, he, he at first was kind of like, I'm not going to comment. I'm not going to say anything. And then he goes, well, it was kind of awkward there at the end. He called a timeout, and then there was a sack, and then we get up there, and hey, but if L's down is the worst thing you see in this rivalry, and you're offended by that, uh, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, look, I, I, I think I mentioned this. I've, gotten, I've had a screaming phone call with Mark Stoops after one of these rivalry games a couple years ago when people were throwing trash cans and – and uh, and uh, Jones now I can't even remember his first Jordan Jordan Jones, Jones yeah was acting like a homicidal maniac out there uh, and they kept putting him in the game that was embarrassing like that was a disgrace and you know deserved to be called as much and but L's down the whole thing the fact that it kind of got reignited in this debate about like good or evil as if it were a new thing it's been around forever and nobody's really made much of it um right. i mean there's yeah. a there's like a photograph of that uh one of the the monk team the monk bam 
Fox, Sasha, they were all McDonald's uh-huh. All-Americans, and they did L's down at the McDonald's game. Um, you know, and I do think Sasha Clea Jones said he ended up getting some, like a death threat from a Louisville fan over that on social media. So I guess people were mad about it, but... Um, Louisville fans hate it. I mean, it gets under their skin as much as anything. It's weird, though, because like the, the, the right side up one is like the universal symbol for loser. I mean, it's a, it, was a, <laughs> right. it was a weird thing to choose to be like, this is going to be our hand signal. Loser. Yeah. You know, I mean, like every, that's, that's what everybody uh, associates with that. That's not there. So uh, I don't know. I, I guess I just don't get it. Like the, the outrage over it. Uh, I, I saw, maybe I get that Satterfield, you know, maybe he keeps his nose down and hadn't really paid any attention and didn't realize that was a universal thing. And he gets to game day and uh, he's seeing it everywhere and he's going like, hey, what the heck is this? Because he did right. look in the conversation with Stoops. He looked like he's doing the L's down, which surely somebody will capture as a meme, like the Louisville coach doing L's down himself. Yeah, but. Yeah. It was it like was everywhere. It was kind of like, what is this? You know, like what's going on here? I guess I kind of get him being a little befuddled by it, right. but as far as Louisville fans being fans being outraged by it, it seems kind of silly. It's been out there forever. If, yeah, if that's what your hand signal is going to be, then the opposite of that is what's going to happen. I mean, it, it's just. You're never going to get rid of it, and you're never going to convince anybody it's so classless that they would just go, oh, well, I'm not going to do that. I well, there's, there's all this, like, <laughs> I mean, I guess it sort of goes with the, the horns down, the Texas thing, and, that you know, they've made it a penalty if, the, if Oklahoma does the horns down. Which uh, is stupid. It is that's, stupid. That's like, stupid. who cares? Who cares? Uh, again, like, what they did two years ago was embarrassing and, and should be called yes. embarrassing. But I would also say, before we go, I would mention – uh, I think Lynn, one of the players, was saying, you know, one of the reasons we played so well is Co- Coach Stoops focused all week on on focus and, you know, not getting caught up in war of words and, and uh, you know, any of that stuff that happened a couple years ago uh, when we were basically embarrassed, you know, be focused. And Kentucky didn't have any hijinks out there Saturday. They had two penalties, which I think is the fewest ever in the rivalry. Wow. Um, so I would say they pretty much <laughs> – they, they played it pretty straight and narrow. And, and you know, L's down is – it's just not <laughs> – it is just not worth a, a public outcry. No. All right, we've definitely run over time, but, I mean, it was the Governor's Cup. I mean, come on. I mean – We've got uh, basketball to talk about, obviously, uh, and then you know there'll be bowl speculation all week. We haven't discussed any of that yet, so we'll discuss that uh, this week. Uh, and then, of course, basketball because you know Kentucky played on Friday, and there were some things to talk about from that game that we'll definitely do uh, on tomorrow's Locked On Kentucky podcast. So, thanks for listening today about the Governor's Cup, and uh, you can follow me on Twitter at d r i e f f e r. Kyle is at Kyle Tucker underscore ath. All right. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You are Locked On Kentucky, available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or tell Alexa or Google to play podcast Locked On. Don't worry. I won't finish. You get the idea.